When Jesus entered Jerusalem, those who went ahead were waving palms, and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming commonwealth of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Let us sing together. between our shouts of praise at the beginning of the service and our entrance into Holy Week and the Passion of Jesus by the end of it. Our emotions move from joy to solemnity. Our confession this Sunday calls us to a special awareness of the grace of God that comes to us in this chasm between joy and sorrow. Let us confess our sin. Holy God, we come waving palms and shouting Hosanna for the one who we assume is the Messiah. But the Messiah we get is not the Messiah we expect. The Messiah we get calls us to acknowledge and name the violence in our world and in our lives. But we accept this violence as the normal way of the world. We have learned to live with homelessness, poverty, injustice, racism, sexism, and homophobia. And when we fail to see and name the evils in our world, we allow them to flourish. Open our eyes, O God, to see crucifixions in our midst and help us to participate in the places where you are bringing liberation and life. Amen. Friends, the good news of the gospel assures us that God in Christ meets us in the broken places in order to redeem, liberate, and heal us. In Christ, we are healed and our eyes are opened. In Christ, we are empowered to partake in God's liberating and justice-seeking work in our world. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our Christian scripture this morning is Mark 11, 1 through 11. 
When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this. The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David! Hosanna to the highest heaven! Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> When Ray was reading the passage just now, I was struck about how long it's been since we went to a parade of any kind. We haven't been out doing that kind of thing in over a year. And for some of us, that's a really long, long time. So I wonder how it would feel to us if we went to a parade today. Would it be exciting or a little scary? How would we feel? And how do you think the disciples felt not knowing exactly what was going to happen when they went into Jerusalem. A little excited, a little scared. So I think that we know right now today just about how they felt. And I'm not sure that we are comfortable with that. But it is the way things are right now. And I think that we will find ourselves enjoying parades again very soon. And we just need to be patient with God's plan for this and work our way through it. We have a moment of prayer. Dear God, thank you for bringing us the joy of gatherings. Help us to remember just how the disciples and Jesus felt going into Jerusalem and help us to remember that you are always with us during the exciting and scary times. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, Debbie. Will you join me in prayer? Return to God with all your heart, the source of grace and mercy. Come seek the tender faithfulness of God. Debbie is right. Who doesn't love a parade? 
I mean, I love parades. I always have. My youngest memories are of going to the Santa Rosa Rose Festival Parade. Well, when you live in a town that's named for a St. Rose, of course you're going to have a, a rose festival. It was always on the third weekend of the month of May. Those wonderful roses are just beautiful at that time, and the smell is intoxicating, and it's still cool in the morning. But boy, if you didn't bring sunscreen to the parade, you had a sunburn when you were finished. But I remember sitting there on the curbs of Santa Rosa at various places, watching the parade pass by. It was only outdone by the next weekend, which was the parade up in Hillsburg, where my grandmother lived, 20 miles up the road. We would go on up there, and we would back our car into her driveway, and then sit on the front porch and watch the parade go right past Grandma's house. We were still close enough there on the porch to get the occasional candy that was thrown and enjoy all of it. And then I moved to Los Angeles to go to college. And I actually got to go to the the Rose Parade. You know, the big one in Pasadena, the real one. And I admit, I understand about COVID and all of that, but I sure missed watching the parade this year on New Year's Day. Who doesn't like one? You've got marching bands, not only trying to play music, but march together in straight lines all at the same time. It's a miracle they sometimes do. There are floats. There are those politicians in the cars waving at people, garnering votes as they go by. There are the clowns. There are the shriners in those tiny cars. You know, you see them zipping around and everything. They're the scout troops who are the color guards for the parade. And there are the horses. Horses all decked out with roses around them and on, on the saddles and bits and bridles and all of that sort of stuff, as well as the people who are on them. It is one of the most festive things in the world to see a parade. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem that day, it was a parade. There's no mention of the palms in Mark's gospel, but leafy branches is what it says. So you figure out what those mean for you. Leafy branches were cut and cloaks were laid across the road. Jesus rides in on a borrowed colt, which becomes a float for him. He asks for the colt. He asks the disciples to go into town and find this animal for them. So he knows that something is going to happen. But he quietly sits on the colt. There's no record of him saying, vote for me. I'm the king of the Jews. I'm the Messiah. He just sits there on the colt. And the crowd goes wild. Hey, Zana, ho, Zana, 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 ho, Zana, hey, Zana, ho, Zana. That's how Jesus Christ Superstar looked at all of it. And after the parade, Jesus goes into the temple to check it out. It's all he does, it says. He just looks around. And then he heads out of town back to Bethany with the twelve. Most of us know, because we've been at this life of faith for some time, that Palm Sunday is the first of the bookends of Holy Week. 
it holds up this side. And the celebration moves rather quickly through the week to agitation and confrontation, to mystery and fear, to denial and betrayal and conviction and death. And the darkness and quiet of Holy Saturday. And then there is that triumphant bookend, but we're not going to talk about that today. It holds up the rest of Holy Week. But our question today is so important. What about now? What happens when the parade of faith is over? What happens to us when Jesus goes back to Bethany for the night? And if you think back to those parades, you know what happens. The pooper scoopers come by. All those horses that have been in the parade, they have done their business and all of that is scooped up and all the detritus that humankind leaves on sidewalks and on streets when they are big into celebrating. All of that gets cleaned up and disposed of. It is pitched and things are made ready. The disciples had no idea what was ahead of them that week, even though Jesus time and time and time again had said to them, this is what is going to happen. They didn't listen. Or if they listened, they didn't hear out of fear, out of, oh, you name it. As followers of Christ, we know what happens during the week. And we know how all of this ends, and honestly, it's how all of this begins again. And we are the ones who clean up after the parade. We clean up when we confess our sins in our communal racism after a shooting in Atlanta or in Boulder, or on the Virginia coast. Three shootings in 10 days. We clean up by confessing our own racial bias and privilege in the sight of another tragedy. And we then work hard to change those tragedies, to see that they do not happen again. We clean up the mess of legislative bodies who pronounce it illegal to give food and water to people who are standing in line to vote. Christ told us to extend a cup of water to one who is in need. I say that every time we dedicate a well in Malawi. I believe that with the depth of my heart. And yet the legislators in Georgia have now said that it is illegal to give comfort aid to those who wait in long lines at polling places. The parade of Christ marks out our time to be bold. Our time to have courage and to support those who are in need in any way that we can. Even as Jesus is led to his death, we proclaim the good news that he brought. Holy Week is a week in which Jesus redefined and redefines for us the life of faith. 
Jesus told the disciples, those who wish to follow me must pick up their cross and do so. And we good Presbyterians, in our book of order, actually say that the church is to be about the ministry of Christ in the world, even at risk of our own lives. Pick up your cross. Follow me, Jesus said, even at risk of your own life. The parade and all the celebrations that go with it will be over soon. In fact, they are drawing to a close even now. But in Christ's name, it's time for us to clean up what's left after the parade. Amen. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Welcome, everyone, to worship today. We're glad that you're here with us on this Palm Passion Sunday as we come to the end of Lent. Thursday evening, we will gather together again on Zoom for worship at 7 p.m., um, as, and we will have communion as a part of that service. We will continue our Holy Week worship on Good Friday at 7 p.m. also via Zoom. Um, and the links for that are our stunt regular Sunday morning link. So um, just click on a worship link and you'll be able to be brought to that. A bulletin for both services will be sent out hopefully on Tuesday of this week uh, so that you can have time uh, with that and uh, be, uh, have that be a part of things. We are still in need of um, a liturgist for each of those services and six readers. So if you would like to read a dramatic piece, they're very brief, um, as a part of either of those services, and if you have a choice between the services, let me know. You can let Steve Smith know, or you can send an email to me, and um, we'll get the information out to you. Uh, on Good Friday, we will have some solo vocals during the service. It'll be a wonderful opportunity, and uh, we look forward to sharing those. And all the information for these will get out as soon as I know who I need to send things to. So plan to be with us, and if you'd like to be a part of things, just let us know. Then we will gather next Sunday morning for the celebration of the resurrection at 10 a.m., um, it is also a communion service, so make sure that both Monday, Thursday, and on Easter Day, you have elements for use at home for communion and um, plan to be a part of all of that. There are a number of announcements about mission sorts of things uh, coming up, both food drives and book drives and other sorts of things. Uh, please take note of all of those things that are listed there. Um, remember your gifts to the church because uh, we count on those gifts. And one of those gifts is our one great hour of sharing Offering and that's the Hunger Project. And Trudy is going to give us a few words about that today.
Good morning. Um, it's hard to believe that it's Holy Week. Um, but as I was thinking and listening um, to the word and everything this morning, I was thinking about how hunger is really at the heart of what the church is about. Fighting hunger, uh, meeting the needs. Jesus fed the hungry. He fed 5,000 men, plus women, plus children. So it was more than 5,000. He told the disciples to do the same thing, and he admonishes us to do the same thing as well. And hunger is completely, you know, it's a complex issue. And we are focusing on it this year with our mission and social witness and through our one great hour of sharing, offering. But we have been focusing on hunger here at Hamilton Union and food insecurity for close to 20 years um, with our two cents a meal. But I wanted to bring up just a little bit more on the national level of what the um, Presbyterian Hunger Program's mission is. It is to alleviate hunger and eliminate its causes. There's no one size fits all. It's a complex issue because it brings up political, economic, educational issues, and health outcomes are affected by poor nutritional status. So the PHP complements the work of congregations such as Hamilton Union through strategic partnership, collaborations, print and web educational, and worship materials. And they work with five different tools, which is direct food relief, combined with root cause work. In other words, finding out what causes hunger, what's going on in a community where there's food insecurity. Sustainable development, advocacy, intentional and sustainable living, and education. So here at Hamilton Union on the last Sunday of the month, I have to confess I have missed the noise because our young people and our young people of a mature age have also helped us to collect coins. And half of that money goes to our Gilderland Food Pantry, and half of the proceeds every month go to the Presbyterian Hunger Program. So our presence in aggregate with other congregations have made differences in our country and all over the world. So as you send your two cents a meal offering in while we're distanced worshiping, um, please remember those who are you are helping. And when we come back here to this wonderful sanctuary, let the coins make the noise. Thank you. The journey to Jerusalem has the cross as its goal, and the cross of Christ needs to be kept in sight even on this holy day, this day of Christ's triumphal entry into the holy city. During Holy Week, we hear the words which tell of the fullness of Christ's passion, his death, and resurrection. As followers of Christ, we follow Christ's path of servanthood, through the Lord's Supper and the sufferings of the cross as we look to the glory of Easter. To live for Christ, we must die with Christ. You are encouraged to walk with Christ this week and with the community of believers as we seek to follow our Lord around the table, at the foot of the cross, and at the empty tomb. This Holy Week, let us remember to pray for our world, ourselves, and our church. Let us join in our responsive prayers of the people. Our Redeemer suffered death, was buried, and rose again for our sake. With love, let us adore him, aware of our needs. Christ, our teacher, for us you were obedient even to death. Teach us to obey God's will in all things. Christ, our life, by dying on the cross, you destroyed the evil of the power of evil and death. 
Enable us to die with you and to rise with you in glory. Christ, our strength, you were despised and humiliated as a condemned criminal. Teach us the humility by which you saved the world. Christ, our salvation, you gave your life out of love for us. Help us to love one another. Christ, our Savior, on the cross you embraced all time with your outstretched arms. Gather all the scattered children of God into your realm. Jesus, Lamb of God, have mercy on us. Jesus, bearer of our sins, have mercy on us. Jesus, redeemer of the world, grant us peace. Let us continue our prayers in silence. Eternal God, as we are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, so give us the grace of repentance that we may pass through the grave with him and be born again to eternal life. For he is the one who was crucified, dead, and buried, and rose again for us, Jesus our Savior, who has taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.
Let us attend to the Holy Week scripture readings. Then they came to Jerusalem and entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling and those who were buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. He was teaching and saying, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And when the chief priests and scribes heard it, they kept looking for a way to kill him, for they were afraid of him, because the whole crowd was spellbound by his teaching. And when evening came... Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. Again, they came to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him and said, By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority to do them? Jesus said to them, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? Answer me. They argued with one another. If we say, from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, they were afraid of the crowd, for all regarded John as truly a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. It was two days before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The chief priests and the scribes were looking for a way to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the festival, or there may be a riot among the people. While he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment of nard, and she broke open the jar and poured the ointment on his head. But some were there who said to one another in anger, why was this ointment wasted in this way? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me. For you will always have the poor with you, and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. When they heard it, they were greatly pleased and promised to give him money. So he began to look for an opportunity to betray him. On the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, 
Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So the disciples set out and went to the city, and found everything as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he came with the twelve, and when they had taken their places and were eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed and to say to him one after another, Surely not I. He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the bowl with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born. While they were eating, he took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I tell you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though all become deserters, I will not. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this day, this very night, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said vehemently, Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all of them said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John and began to be distressed and agitated. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. He came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour Keep awake and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to say to him. He came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough! The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. 
Get up, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. And with him there was a crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. So when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid hands on him and arrested him. But one of those who stood near drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But let the scripture be fulfilled. All of them deserted him and fled. A certain young man was following, wearing nothing but a linen cloth. They caught hold of him, but he left the linen cloth and ran off naked. They took Jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests, the elders and the scribes were assembled. Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the guards, warming himself by the fire. Now the high priests and the whole council were looking for testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many gave false testimony against him, and their testimony did not agree. Some stood up and gave false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. But even at this point their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before him and asked Jesus, Have you no answer? What is it that they testify against you? But he was silent and did not answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated on the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? All of them condemned him as deserving death. Some began to spit on him, to blindfold him and to strike him, saying to him, Prophecy. The guards also took him over and beat him. While Peter was in the below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she stared at him and said, You also were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. But he denied it saying, I do not know or understand what you are talking about. And he went out into the forecourt. Then the cock crowed, and the servant girl on seeing him began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. Then after a little while the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to curse, and he swore an oath, I do not know this man you are talking about. At that moment, the cock crowed for the second time. 
Then Peter remembered that Jesus had said to him, Before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. They bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him, You say so. Then the chief priest accused him of many things. Pilate asked him again, Have you no answer? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further reply, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the festival, he used to release a prisoner for them, anyone for whom they asked. Now a man called Barabbas was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder during the insurrection. So the crowd came and began to ask Pilate to do for them according to his custom. Then he answered them, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he realized that it was out of jealousy that the chief priests had handed him over. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have him release Barabbas for them instead. Pilate spoke to them again. Then what do you wish me to do with the man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. Pilate asked them, why, what evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released Barabbas for them. And after flogging Jesus, he handed him over to be crucified. Then the soldiers led him into the courtyard of the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters. And they called together the whole cohort, and they clothed him in a purple cloak. And after twisting some thorns into a crown, they put it on him. And they began saluting him, Hail, King of the Jews! They struck him with a reed, spat upon him, and knelt down in homage to him. After mocking him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. Dear family of Christ, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ who, though he was in the form of God, he emptied himself and took on human form and humbled himself to the point of death in order to liberate humanity from our enslavement to death. As we enter Holy Week, let us lift up the brokenhearted and stand with the oppressed and let everything we do Be out of the love of God in Christ. Amen. Amen.
Amen.